0: You're listening to Beyond the Key. Why hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of Beyond the Key. I'm your host, Kaylee, and today I'm so excited to have my special guest and a best friend, Nathan, here with me today to talk about the queen of pop, Lady Gaga. Nathan, how are you doing? How's New York? What's going on?
1: I'm doing well. I, you know, I was just listening to some Lady Gaga. I work today. I'm home chilling and I'm excited. If there's anything that I should be on a podcast about and considered like somewhat of an expert, it would have to be Lady Gaga. So let's do it.
0: I'm so excited. Of course, when I thought I wanted to have you on the podcast, of course, and then I was like, what artist, number one, would I love to talk about and also love to talk to you about? And of course, it's Gaga. There's no other way to put it. Um, I'm so happy to have you here. I've missed you so much. Nathan and I have known each other for basically ever. Um, We met in a creative writing class, I believe. Um, So I'm just so happy to have you here. And Gaga The Queen of Pop, she was dubbed the Queen of Pop um, earlier in her career by Rolling Stone. She has done basically everything you can imagine. Um, She started at Juilliard. Um, She had a lot of low points in the beginning of her career um, with getting rejected, not being pretty enough, not being good enough, despite her being absolutely incredible. Um, But yeah, so we start with 2008 breakthrough records with The Fame and then she came out with the deluxe version The Fame Monster. That's what you'll see her first two singles just Dance and Poker Face. Um both of those reached number 1 in the United States and The Fame and Poker Face won two uh Grammys in 2008. So she started off pretty strong. Um also Love Game and Paparazzi were on this record. I mean this record was just incredible from jump. Uh, is this when you discovered her, Nathan? I want to ask, like, what was your first experience with Gaga? Did you find her in this 2008 realm? Uh, what a weird realm in childhood to find Gaga as well. But what was your experience like the first time you kind of heard her and fell in love?
1: I was in fifth grade, and it's honestly so ridiculous, but it's really a moment that I do remember so distinctly of, like, where I was, what which computer I was on when I looked up Poker Face. But there was a kid in my fifth grade class, a boy, who was, like, I had hung out with him a few times, and I think his dad kind of um, had made fun of me a little bit and said to him, oh, you should tell Nathan about Lady Gaga, like, he'll like Lady Gaga. And so the, the kid who was in my class told it to me as kind of like a rib, I think, of like, oh, yeah, like, you'd like her, because she was kind of definitely earlier in her career and still now like a representative for the weirdos and people who don't necessarily fit the mold and everything. And so I went home and watched Poker Face, even though I wasn't really supposed to be on YouTube, because that was super scandalous back then. And I was just like obsessed with the Dalmatians, with the dancing, with like her coming out of the pool looking amazing. And I just watched it over and over and over again. And then that weekend, I went to Best Buy and I had a Best Buy gift card left over from like a birthday or something. And I bought the fame and I listened to it. I made my mom play it like every time I was in the car. And that was uh, still pretty much what (laughs) happens.
0: That's your still experience today, listening to Gaga, just blasting it with your mom in the car. That sounds accurate to me. When
1: came out, I was at home during quarantine, and I was like, I forced my whole family to come in and watch it with me. It just brought me a lot of joy. And I was like, you guys all have to experience this as well.
0: What was it about the beginning of Lady Gaga for you after watching her for the first time that like struck a different chord? Because for me, I've had that experience with artists where you just kind of know from the get-go that they're going to mean something different to you that may- maybe any other artist wouldn't. What was that for you?
1: You know, I don't know, honestly, because there aren't any other artists that I feel that way about where I truly am like, everything she does is gold, even when it's you know weird and questionable. Um, which she's had a lot of those moments, uh, from, you know, meat dress to chromatical Oreos to, but also it's just like, in my mind, everything she does is perfect. I think that from really early on when I was in fifth grade, I hadn't seen that many like top 40 music videos. I'd seen Disturbia and I was like, that's amazing. And I'd seen like Katy Perry hot and cold where she like runs away from the wedding. And that was really like, I can't think of any other, and like maybe a pink music video, but uh, she, there was just something about her that I loved so much. I think it was that she wasn't afraid to like dress up in a weird costume and just do something a little bit outside of the box. Even though her early music videos were pretty tame compared to some other ones, I was just like, she's crazy. She's doing what no one else is doing. And I think part of me liked the fact that I was introduced to her in that way that someone was kind of like, oh, you're weird. You'll like her. And I was like, yeah, I am weird. And I do like her. And so I think it worked out.
0: And how funny is that dichotomy where people peg you as being somebody who would like Lady Gaga because she's so different and she's for the outcast or whatever you'd like to call it. But in actuality, she rises to fame so quickly because she's attracting the majority, right? She's because the majority of people aren't, you know, straight-edged, normal, uh, vanilla people. They're right. people who are interested in these topics that she's talking about, in sex and violence and power and um, feminism and queer rights and all of these different components that she's put into her music throughout her entire career. And she started that from jump. I mean, you make such a good point about her music videos. They are something that when I think of Gaga, I immediately go to her music videos because they're so incredible. Um and they're so, they they bleed into all of her other performances as well, like when she performs on tour, when she performs at video music awards and Grammy awards and things of that sort. Have you seen Gaga live?
1: I haven't, which is perhaps something that makes me unqualified to be talking about her right now, is that I have never seen Gaga live, partially because of what you just said, of from the jump, she's been a star, and she's been selling out arenas since the beginning, and I just haven't had money. And I really want to attend her next tour if it's chromatica it's if she skips that whatever it is next i would love to now that i am a little older and i have some money saved up but i've always always wanted to see her and it just hasn't worked out so no i have not i have watched all of like a a million uh youtube videos that are recorded in the front row to make me feel like i'm there but i have not (laughs) bought the ticket and walked in and seen her live unfortunately
0: you do make a good point. I mean, she she never hit the small scene on a on a uh, modern music level. You know, a little side note, Nathan and I saw Halsey at Made in America in 2015. It's a uh for those of you who don't know, it's a music festival in Philadelphia. And when we saw her, it w- we were waiting for another artist, but we had liked her um And she came out and not a lot of people were there to see her and she was not that cool at the time and she was not that well known, but we had the opportunity to see Halsey Front Row, which is like this awesome experience now looking back six years later. Uh, But it's awesome when you can have that opportunity to see awesome stars at such a low level because you get that kind of experience. But Lady Gaga, you are right, was not one of them. Um, I don't recall any of my friends who are also huge Gaga fans ever having that, you know, 200 audience moment with her. Uh, She kind of blew up immediately. Um, And I think that's something that's special about her as well. What would be your like ideal Lady Gaga viewing experience? Like, would you prefer an arena where there's like big lights and big performances and you're in a crowd of 30,000 people? Or would you prefer like a low lit room you know you're in a crowd of a hundred and maybe it's more intimate what would you prefer
1: that's such a good question to be honest i think that my like ideal gaga show based on my research of watching all those like shaky youtube videos from the front row would be she did a residency in vegas a few years ago and she did the residency which was enigma which was more chromatica uh, fame monstery. And then she did another show that was, she did a lot less performances of it, but it was, uh, I forget what it was called, but it was, it was just like her songs, but performed with an orchestra um, and like brass instruments, like some of her hits, some lesser known songs. But I just feel like seeing her in that more stripped back way would be very, very cool. If I was only going to get one opportunity to see her, I'd want to see her where it's just like her at a piano, given it.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree. If I had to see Gaga, I think I'd also like that more intimate experience. I think I feel that way about a lot of artists that I really love. There's something so much more special about that. And I also feel like if you're in that experience, you're probably more so surrounded by people who feel the same way as you whereas mm-hmm. like if you're in an arena, you may be around a lot of like 20 somethings drunk on Coors Light there for like a good time and a like a $20 ticket in the nosebleeds. Like it's a very different experience, you know, where like where you're fitting in and who you're surrounding yourself with. Uh, And I think Gaga has like created such a community as well of people who have been able to have a shared experience through loving her because she is so representative of so many different people across the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And you mentioned this briefly, but you know, she, has such a way of uh, interacting with fans, even on such a big level. And I mean, I remember very early in her career, I believe it was 2009. She spoke at a marriage equality march. um, And that was at the start of her career. That's when many artists don't like to speak out on big issues like that Mm -hmm. because they're so scared of being, you know, crosses one way or the other. And she was very quick to jump on marriage equality and gay rights. Um, How did that feel for you watching that as we were so young, watching this pivotal artist come out on such a big stage and make these, you know, born this way type of, uh, you know, messages to fans of, hey, it's okay to be who you are. And even though we're in a time where people don't think it is, you know, I'm going to be here for you as this, you know, kind of figure. What did that feel like for you?
1: It felt pretty amazing and surprising because maybe I was, you know, head in the clouds, like I said. I'd only seen like those handful of music videos. My parents were very like not pop culture people and they still aren't really, but I've like forced them to listen to Lady Gaga obviously. So they, they know what she's up to, but I I hadn't seen a pop star, none of the Nickelodeon girls, none of the Disney girls for sure. And not really, I mean, besides kissed a girl, not like Katy Perry or any of those big pop girls at the time openly be like, it's okay to be gay. Being gay is cool. And she, really early on too, I remember she got people talking because she was on a Barbara Walters interview and Barbara Walters was like asking her about a lyric where she was kind of questioning her sexuality. And she was asking her if she's had sex with men and women, which was like probably something Barbara Walters wouldn't ask in 2020. But like back then it was like, sure. And she was pretty open about it. And she was like, yeah, I've been with men and women and I'm super, you know, she she didn't have any shame and she didn't drop it like it was some bomb you know what I mean it wasn't some like big dramatic moment she was just kind of asked and she answered and it felt cool to see someone not care about the world judging them when so many people are watching them I mean half of the people out there I feel like at least that were my age I was in middle school were saying that she was a man or that she was trans as if that was were a bad thing and I remember she did an interview once where, They asked her if she was trans. She was like, what if I was? Like, there was definitely an audacity of, uh, like, pop culture interviewers back then that I'm not sure would necessarily fly now. And maybe that's a good thing. But it, it, it also created moments of me feeling like that. And I, you know, had been in school or camp or whatever where people are asking you and getting it in your face and really asking you personal questions. And it was cool to see her answer with such a, like a kind of a shrug and it wasn't something to deny or hide or anything like that. So that was great. And it was early on. And then from then I was just obsessed.
0: And it's so demanding too. She has such a demanding presence with her words. And I think her ability to be so upfront so quickly was so powerful and just showed everybody that she wasn't going anywhere, that what she was saying wasn't going anywhere, that what she was representing wasn't going anywhere. Like she was there to stay. She was there to represent so many people of so many different walks of life. And, you know, I had so many of those moments too. I remember in middle school, uh, being a part of similar friend groups that you were and people making fun of her. And like you said, calling her a man and being so derogatory and rude. And she cut that off so quickly when she could have retracted. In that moment, she could have easily you know, stop the press, you know, been uncomfortable, been upset about being made fun of. And she just kept getting stronger, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, her second, her deluxe edition, when she came out with the fame monster um, a little bit, you know, almost a year after she came out with the fame, she has a, (laughs) she has a song with Beyonce. Right. Like that's, that's, that's unprecedented. Right. I mean, she was so new. She was, so powerful from the moment that she stepped foot on that stage and she never stopped. And I think that was so incredible about her. I mean, Telephone by Beyonce for me, like hits a different way. That song, it just gives me some, just gives me some middle school dance vibes, but also, I don't know. I mean, that song for me is incredible. Does that song like resonate with you? Cause for me, I'm getting a lot of like visceral childhood memories.
1: Yes. I mean, all of them. I was actually, when you were talking about that, I just kind of thought about that it, it was nice to see her collaborating with such mainstream people and being such like a mainstream popular artist that everyone was listening to, whether it was like, you know, Bar and Bat Mitzvahs, like I'm trying to think of where I was at the time, like Beat Street, um, Do, like Street. she was like, like, the radio and everyone was listening to her. And it wasn't just a, a thing that was like dubbed weird for like people that felt like they were different. Um, it was nice to see that everyone kind of listened to her and respected her. And even if they talked a little bit of shit, she shut it down so confidently, like you said, that it didn't really matter. And it was just nice to see someone who was weird being accepted and loved so much in a world where people, at least in pop at that time, were like very like, you know, pretty pretty much the same. And uh, so it, it was nice to see that she she did get love from everyone and people respected her. It still feels that way. Like it's been cool to watch her success, even though in the beginning, I mean, she really was successful pretty much from the jump, at least since I found out about her with poker face, but like her recent kind of coming into herself as a movie star was also so cool to me for some reason, because it almost, it almost opened up her audience even more for people that might not be necessarily listening to pop music but are into film and seeing that she was so respected by like everyone was very cool as well. If that makes sense.
0: No, that makes perfect sense. And you touched on such a great point about her like versatility. And I, I think that a lot of, especially female artists who make bold statements with their fashion or with their music or who are very, um, you know, talking a lot about sex and violence and who are, you know, very out there, they tend to be deemed as, you know, less talented or, um, you know, less traditional pop or, you know, they don't fit into the music industry or they don't fit into the mold of what audiences want to see. Mm -hmm. And I I love that she is so versatile that she could just show people like, hey, I can wear a meat dress to an award show and then a couple years later I can be nominated for an Oscar um, in this beautiful film. And I'm talented both ways. And that's something to me that always struck a chord with me is her ability to be so versatile and show that like, Hey, talent comes in all different shapes and sizes. Talent comes when you're, you know, spotlight on you at a piano, no other, no other special lights and lasers and uh, big instruments. Right. But it's also just as awesome when you're being crazy and you're wearing wigs and you have different alter egos and you're still talented regardless. And she so shows that through her career. I mean, a star is born when I, when I found out that she was casted in a film at first I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, Oh wait, this is going to be incredible. Was a star is born for you like a moment where you like super excited or were you like a little bit nervous about a pop star that you love so much kind of like, about to dive in into this really different scene.
1: I was really excited because she was like selling it and owning it in all of like the traditional movie. Like she, I love how she kind of is a chameleon and changes her image for each era that she goes through. And a star's is Warren was for sure an era where she did like this Gaga take on old Hollywood glam. And it almost like started a little bit before we even found out that she was going to be in the movie. Like she started easing us into it with Joanne which wasn't my favorite at first but like it all just like makes sense of like coming down from art pop where she was really really out of the box and then toning it down more and then doing a film and doing the Super Bowl and I truly didn't think that she could get any bigger but she did and I think it was really cool to see that happen with A Star is Born and I also loved the movie normally to be honest it's not the kind of movie that I would probably go to see as many times as I did because I'm just more of like a sci-fi thriller, like murder kind of person. But because she was in it and because the music was so beautiful, like she could literally do anything and I would be obsessed. She, she was an American horror story before that. And I was like, okay, like queen, she can act, but you can tell that even just through the way that she presents herself of like, Mm -hmm. you, you just, you just know, even before she, started acting. And then it was, I'm, you know, very cool to see her do American horror story, win a golden globe for it. And then next job, do a star is born, win an Oscar for it. I'm just, I'm, she has some more movies like in the works and I'm happy that we got Chromatica, but I would honestly love to see her focus more on movies. I, it was amazing to see her, in a theater like that, singing, killing it. And we got, I mean, like the most awarded song of all time from it. So that's pretty cool. It just like solidifies her in history even more. I sound crazy.
0: You do not (laughs) sound crazy. You sound like a passionate fan, which is exactly why I had you on the show. And I kind of want to bring it back a little bit because we have, you've touched on so many great points about her transition and we have Born This Way came out in 2011 uh, amazing record, probably maybe my favorite of hers. I'm not quite sure, Um, but we have Born This Way on there. Uh, songs like You and I, The Edge of Glory. Um, And to me, a lot of those songs were like very pivotal, you know, pop songs, mm-hmm. very pop for the moment. And then we go into art pop, which is very like pop, and then you turn it up like, you know, a lot of notches. It right. gets pretty like crazy and funky. Uh, With that transition, you're you're a fan who's been a fan since 2008. You know, you've been in the zone from the beginning. As she starts to transition into like more experimental pop, are you still completely in it? What is it like being a fan of an artist who is transferring genres and keeping their fans interested? Like how was that? Was your experience similar? Like were you able to kind of um, transform into a listener of new genres as she continued to create new art?
1: I would say the second. I When she performed, she did her first art pop performance at the VMAs. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but it was a good year. And she opened the show and it was this super weird version of applause where she started with like a white square around her face. And then she like eventually went through her previous, like some famous looks from her first two albums and then ended up in a seashell bikini with like, gorgeous natural hair that was definitely not natural and she just stayed that way for the whole rest of the show from the beginning to the end like in a teeny little thong bikini she looked so crazy and I was like you know what I'm so here for it that was like one of my favorite Gaga performances ever because I was like she like they they almost gave her the ball and they were like here you go like you're famous you're super famous everyone loves you take your music and do what you want. And she did exactly what you said. And she was like, I'm going to make it crazy. And she did. And I absolutely loved it. And the world probably did not love it. Uh, I would say like awards and record sales would say that the world did not like it, but I truly did. And yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer in art pop.
0: And kind of my next question for you about art pop is there's a lot of you said that there's a lot of people who, you know, uh, haters of artists who do things like art pop or maybe who are so uh, presenting themselves in such a way where it's so outrageous. It's so crazy that a lot of them sometimes feel like they get lost in the music as a fan. Do you feel that all the way she presents herself, the, that those theatrical costumes and her dancing and um, all of her kind of craziness that aura she has on stage? Do you feel like that adds to her vocals and her ability to perform as a musician? Or do you feel like sometimes those theatrics get lost?
1: I, for me, I love the theatrics. And that was something that brought me in from the beginning was the costumes and the looks and the weird makeup and everything. Um, But not everyone's into that. I, I think that it's cool that she's shown that she can do both and whether you're into her with Tony Bennett in like a simple black dress or you're into her like wearing a meat outfit or like getting thrown up on at South by Southwest you know you can like both you can like either you can like neither but I think that it's cool that she does give a range I personally am like down for the whole range but I, I, would, I, I would say that it does probably distract from her image and her music in the fact that people might be talking more about the 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 outfit than the song. In certain cases, like when she wore the meat dress, I keep like bringing that up tonight, or like other, there was a dress that she wore with all bubbles. That was like an early favorite of mine, but people were like, what the hell is going on with that? So I think if people aren't paying attention to the music, maybe the music isn't for them, or maybe they just got distracted by something else if that makes sense.
0: That makes sense. And I think that, you know, I I can't get in her brain as much as I would love to because I think it'd be such a universe. But I I would imagine that after Art Pop, she felt, you know, the need to show, to kind of, you know, I kind of imagine as an onion, right? Peel another layer and get more raw and vulnerable. Um, She comes out with a record with Tony Bennett, cheek to cheek. And that to me, I was just like, oh my gosh, their friendship is adorable. Uh, I actually, it's so cute. I'm so here for it. Um, But you see that she starts, you know, to strip down a little bit. um, And then she goes into Joanne, which I, in 2016, she came out with Joanne the Record. Uh, You see her cover art, which I want to really pull to as well, um, because you'll see something like, Born This Way, very rocky looking. Uh, The Fame, you know, very glitz and glam. And then Art Pop is what you can imagine. Very Art Pop. Um, Cheek to Cheek is very casual. And then you go to Joanne and her cover there is just a side profile. Very mute, uh, light colors. Um, And then that's kind of how the record presents itself, right? Her vocals are much more raw. The music much more toned down. You said, Nathan, in the beginning of the the episode that you felt a little bit unsure of Joanne at first. Um, what was your thought process when she came out with this record that, you know, for people who really love crazy pop may be a little bit like, you know, kind of turning their heads a little bit?
1: This was, I mean, it definitely threw me for a spin a little bit. I remember where I was also when I saw the cover art for Joanne. She tweeted it. And I was in the Union Square station and I was like, hold on. And I got out of the station so I could have better Wi-Fi. And I was like, is this real? Are we for real? Because I just, I was expecting something more art poppy. um, But then I thought back to when I saw the cover art for Born This Way and it was her like fused with a motorcycle. And I was also questioning that one a lot. And then it turned out to be one of the best records ever. So I was, I was unsure about Joanne until it came out. And then when it did come out I was happy I I was there's enough songs on it that I listen to on the daily not it it's not an album that I can just put on repeat and listen to them all like the um her other albums but I think that it like I said kind of like got everyone ready for her to become a movie star that was more mainstream and having her own take on being toned down But definitely being more toned down. And I'm glad, very glad, that she's, you know, breaking out of that, at least for a little bit, with Chromatica, because it is nice to have a return to, like, what is she going to do next? It's unpredictable, and, like, the costumes, the looks, the music is a lot more simply, It's, it's no skips.
0: It's no skips. I love a record that is no skips. Not many records that I've ever listened to, but there are a few that is a no skipper. Uh, That should be from now on, on this podcast. That's like your gold star. If we give an artist a no skip, I'd say that's Um, a
1: pretty good indicator of a gold star, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, what gets better than a no skip? Um, And I think there's something to be said too about Lady Gaga, and her, her ability to grow with her fans as well. I mean, even just seeing you as a fan, you started listening to her in fifth grade. By 2016, you're 18. So you've grown up, you know, in eight years to this, you know, a different person. The same person, but somebody who's grown and who has changed and who's evolved. And so as her music, right, Mm -hmm. her music's gotten a bit more mature and she's been able to explore, you know, new identities and new, um, you know, topics in her music. A lot more of like raw uh, feelings about love and relationships. I mean, do you feel that Lady Gaga as an artist has kind of grown with you and kind of, you know, molded herself similar to the way you've molded yourself? Have you grown as well?
1: I would say we have not grown in the same directions necessarily. Like I, I didn't necessarily have a Joanne phase of my life. I hope that I'm kind of like in the born this way phase of my life. If we're going to categorize it that way. But Love that. I do, I, I do like align my growth with her music in the way that I remember where I was when I heard her albums for the first time or the singles or saw the videos or whatever it was. So I have very specific, like, Ties to each album of where I was: was I in middle school? Was I in college? Was it? I remember. Uh, I I could be wrong, but I think that Perfect Illusion came out very soon after Trump was elected. That was a weird moment too. It was just a weird time. Like there's a lot of. um I I I, I remember where I was when I heard a lot of it, and I think that that's when I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so long ago. I was. I feel like Alejandra just came out, but I was in like seventh grade. So, in that way, yes. In the way that she's grown as a performer and I've grown as a person, no, she's killing it. I'm on a on a slower roll than her, but one day, I don't know, maybe I'll be winning an Oscar too.
0: I hope so. I can see that. I mean, I think you. I think you touch on a good point where she's growing maybe alongside of her art or her artist yeah. of her fans, that's but maybe not in the same way. And I think that's really cool because you can be in your born this way phase now, right? Right. And maybe you'll never get to your Joanne phase or you were already there and you didn't know it. And she has all of these like she like has embedded her records with like time capsules where you can, you know, take it and use it in certain eras of your life and you can, you know, like the fact that Born This Way is so visceral that you can even identify that as a time in your life is awesome. You know, that's so such a tangible piece of art that you can look to yeah. and see, hey, this is how I felt in this age, in this moment. I think that's super special. Um, and kind of transitioning into A Star is Born, I know we talked about a little bit earlier, but that was about two years after Joanne had to come out. Um, the movie was released in 2018. And like we said, we are both stoked for it. We knew that she had could act a little bit uh, from American horror story and through her music videos and her performances, she's obviously very theatrical. Um, But this is where we see her like most toned down ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the lack of the lack of makeup in her movie is, you know, astounding. She's so raw and she's so vulnerable. This is personally my favorite Gaga phase because It really truly showed me like where this talent stemmed from. Like at the end of the day, she's so stripped down and she's so her, and you get to just like meet her as you know who she is for you know for all of her flaws and all of her beauty. Um, and she like killed it. I mean, these songs are just incredible. Her her relationship with Bradley Cooper is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the way she creates such a story through her music. I mean, it's just so gorgeous to me. Are there any songs that stand out on a Sarisborne soundtrack? Like, Do you listen to this soundtrack ever? Or is this a soundtrack like if it was on, you'd be bopping, but you would never choose to put it on?
1: Well, to be honest, to be completely honest, I do love a good amount of the songs from it. Um, it's not one that I put on all the time just to bop out because they put all of the dialogue in there. They have like little tracks of the dialogue and that really messes me up. So if anyone from uh, Spotify is listening, I would like a version without it. But I do think that her, honestly, I saw the movie uh, with my boyfriend and he did not like the songs that she wrote as pop star Allie. They were more, like, early Gaga, like, very, very basic lyrics, like, sexy, you know, just very, very kind of vapid. And that was the whole point, like, within the plot. As you know, it was, like, she was not supposed to be killing it then. And for some reason, I'm obsessed with those songs. So that's probably my problem. And I, I, I do think that I'm probably alone in that boat. But she has some really, like... Hair, body, face. Why did you do that? Like, I I was obsessed. The orange hair in Star is Born, I was not obsessed. But it's okay.
0: The fact that you love the songs that most people would skip on this record, and maybe even in the movie in total, is so authentically you. And I just love that so much. Uh, that That's just amazing. And I think, I, I don't know, those songs do hold a special place, though. Because they are so like campy and like ridiculous, right. but like you almost have to love it because it's so crazy. Um, and you know, she must've thought something about it, right? She must've thought that it was going to hit, strike a certain chord with a certain group of audiences. And you're definitely one of them. I mean, which she worked with awesome. the writers like
1: from the fame and those early tracks and like some of the ones that were like scrapped that I have to like listen to on weird streaming sites that she never put out. But like DJ White Shadow and Red One and like these people that she worked with early on were the people that she asked to collaborate with her on those like uh on their songs and I kind of it's interesting because I found this out the other day but apparently she started writing chromatica songs while she was writing those songs for A Star is Born so and and when I had seen the movie I thought that's the kind of music I want from her next I'm loving the movie I'm you know I don't know if I would say love, but I'm supporting and listening to Joanne, but I would love some good old fashioned like Gaga pop and that's really what she gave with Chromatica and that she gave us a little teaser I feel like with the music from um A Star Is Born those pop songs.
0: Interesting. So you're kind of insinuating that maybe, you know, some of those more pop songs in A Star Is Born were like Uh, little crumbs, little breadcrumbs for what was to come, which was Chromatica. Um, Chromatica, for those of you who do not know, is Lady Gaga's most recent record came out in 2020, uh, features Ariana Grande on the record for Raid on Me, which was uh, a big smash hit on every record chart known to man. Uh, They also performed it at the VMA Awards, I believe, um, this past year. What do you feel about Chromatica? What are your thoughts? What what is this some a record you love?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I needed it for sure. We were all in like such a crappy time. Like no matter who you were, it was a crappy time. It was like mid to early season one of coronavirus, and I was listening to the same Gaga music over and over again, and just waiting for Chromatica to come out. And then it got delayed, and then. I was like, okay. And then I listened to more old Gaga music. And I, I, when Stupid Love came out, I was excited, but I wasn't as thrilled as I was when Rain On Me came out because it was just the production and the fact that it was with Ariana, who I also really do, uh, I do love her as well. Um, having them together and having that video, it was like, this is so corny to say, but really such a light, during like a really dark, crappy time. So I was so happy when that came out. And it was only a few days later, I think that Chromatica came out. And I was just super, super over the moon. So I listened to that, I'd say, like if I'm leaving my house and putting my earbuds in, that's like, where we're starting. It's just like a shuffle of Chromatica. I've listened to that, like, I mean, it's ridiculous. I listened to 40 hours of Lady Gaga this year. No, actually, 40 hours of, excuse me, just rain on me. So who knows how much time I spent with Lady Gaga. Like, I'm paying her electric bill with my streams.
0: (laughs) You, I mean, you are paying for everything with the amount of time you're listening to Lady Gaga. That is incredible. 40 hours of just rain on me. That were you in, first of all, this you're taking the words out of my mouth, and so I was going to ask you, whereas Lady Gaga your top artist of 2020
1: oh yeah lady gaga has been my top artist for like since the good old days i got spotify in 2012 i believe and lady gaga is for sure my most streamed artist since the
0: were you in a top like a a top percent do you remember
1: yes but i don't remember what it was i think it was 0.05
0: Oh my god! I have a screenshot of it That's somewhere. incredible. I
1: can verify, but I believe it was 0.05. But then I went on Instagram and I saw that so many other gays that I follow had similar scores. So I was like, hmm, I guess I'm not number one.
0: But that's so special. I was flexing because I was in the top 3% for Taylor Swift. And then I found out that people I followed were like, 0.01%. And then I was like, well, okay. But you being like 0.5, 0.05, that, like that's that's a new level. I mean, and Nathan, I wanted to ask you about, you said that you were listening to Chromatica at a time you were your lowest, We're in quarantine, the world is on fire. Is that your natural go-to when you're feeling anxious or sad? Is it Lady Gaga? Because I would imagine as somebody who's more of like a casual Lady Gaga listener, like I'm listening to Gaga when I'm like hyped up, you know, or when I'm at a party or when I'm getting you know, I'm trying to dance. Is she like a comfort blanket for you musically? Like, is she somebody that you'd go to even in your darkest moments normally?
1: I want to say yes, because to be honest, I'm never really, and I mean no shade to people that are, I'm never really a sad music person. And even if I'm, if I'm feeling sad, Listening to sad music would only make it worse for me, so I feel like if I am in a bad mood, watching a Gaga video and like remembering that she's the baddest bitch who's like ever walked the earth, almost. Yeah, I guess you would say that it is a comfort blanket for me. It is. I mean, especially during during quarantine, I would just walk around my neighborhood and listen to Chromatica over and over and over again, and I was like very shamelessly dancing and just like living and. It was that, that was the one of the only times during, during that period that I was like genuinely having a little bit of fun because <laughs> it was it was rough and it was stressful. But I, I was so grateful that I mean, you know, I would have been listening to old Gaga if she hadn't come out with something new, but I was so happy that I did have something new to get obsessed with and like make up my own choreography in my mind, too.
0: I love that. And I think, you know, there's just two different types of people. There's people who, you know, when they're sad, they watch really funny TV shows. Or when you're sad, you listen, you watch like, you know, the most sappiest drama you can imagine. There's just like that fine line. Of course, you know, I'm on the other side of that. Um, I'm in a constant state of listening to slow, you know, sad music. Um, But this is why I have you as my right hand, because then you can give me this whole world of you know happy bop type of music which i love um but i kind of wanted to ask you do you see when you think of lady gaga do you see her as this full encapsulation of artistry rather than just vocal artists in the way that like she includes like you know fashion and she creates different personas and she brings elements of like visual art into her you know musical art do you Would you categorize her in your mind as like being a full-on artist in kind of every form?
1: I think absolutely. Some people would probably maybe disagree. Uh, I can't really think of anyone. I mean, no, just kidding. There are definitely, definitely people in the past that have done as much as her. But the fact that she shows that range and goes from something like art pop to winning an Oscar, like that comparison that you said earlier really lit me up, because I I've never even thought about it that way. I don't know if anyone's ever done that, to be honest with you. And so I I can't think of any other words from her than artist, really. She's definitely a lot more than a musician. She's more than an actor. She's like a philanthropist and a political activist. I mean, you know.
0: She's so representative. I just think she's so like she she holds so many different hats right she has so many different uh components to her but all of them sort of fit together Mm -hmm. which i think is so beautiful like her music is so uh accepting and so liberating and like i've said she talks a lot about you know things that women are shy to talk about like sex and all those you know different taboo topics that were once really taboo in female pop music um but that is completely related to her activism and her ability to like, like be completely transformative in politics and make such, you know, concrete change in our world. And she's doing that through her music. She's doing that through her philanthropy. She's doing that through all these different elements that she is this like almost individualized entity that, like you've said, I don't think any pop artist has really ever kind of done before. Um, But if you did have to pick, one artist to collaborate with Gaga, like a dream of yours, Hmm. who would it be? I have a guess of what you would say, but I'm going to keep it to myself until you answer.
1: Honestly, I might need your help because before this, I might have said Ariana and they have done something. Oh, man. I mean, I'm trying to think of who else I love besides Gaga and there are for sure people, but She's just, nothing's coming to mind. What were you going to say?
0: I was going to say either Miley or Dua Lipa.
1: I love that, but I just don't, like, I don't know if they go together. That's Gaga fair. is so, That's fair. Like, she really, when she collaborates with people, they have to really be willing to, like, go her way. And I think Telephone and Rain On Me show that, that, like, they did her choreography. They wore her costumes. They kind of went the Gaga route. And Dua Lipa and Miley, I love them so much, but I don't know if they would step out of the box that much, outside of their own boxes. I was kind of surprised that Ariana did. But hmm, what would really surprise me? That's interesting. I think Lady Gaga and Rihanna could be really cool. Whoa. Even if just like, yeah, I don't even know if there's been a picture of them like hugging or like on a red carpet or anything, but like a little collaboration with them would definitely be cool. They're I'm going to say, like, two of the most fashionable, badass musicians out there. And I love them both. And they both have really distinct voices and styles. So I don't know if they would necessarily musically collaborate. But seeing them together in something would be cool. They both act. So maybe they can do, like, a movie together.
0: Wow. I, I, I can't... I really love what you said about her collaboration. Something I didn't notice. About how they go her way. Which a lot of times in collaborations are what they are called a collaboration in the most organic sense, which is you're collaborating both of your art to kind of form this one thing. But Gaga kind of takes that artist into her world, Mm -hmm. which is super interesting. And I, I, I love that, actually. That's actually quite an awesome thing that she does. Um, I didn't even think about it, and that's really that's cool I mean for sh- the fact that she got to beyonce to wear her outfits in like twenty twelve is like so badass yeah. it's unreal Wow, um, wow, that's incredible um so my last question that I always like to ask at the end of each podcast is if you could say one thing to Lady Gaga what
1: would it be um in the past when i have met people that i really look up to i've just kind of like frozen up and just been like i love you so much and i think that's all i would say because i i just i'm I mean, she's heard it all from fans and i i don't I feel like i don't have anything that valuable to say to her that's like a horrible answer but i i don't have anything more to say to her besides like I love you so much and and you changed my life. And I think she hears that 10 million times a day. So me saying it wouldn't necessarily like do much for her, but just seeing her perform and being in the same place with her while she's performing would definitely be enough for me. I, yeah, I don't want to take up any of her time.
0: (laughs) So she's too amazing that you're like, I don't even need to talk to her she can just have my eyes on her on a stage, and that's enough.
1: Yeah, I honestly do think that. And I've had quite a few dreams, I'm not afraid to uh, admit, on something that's going to be online, where I have met Gaga at like a meet-and-greet type thing. And it's been amazing, but I've always like frozen up and not had anything to say. So I'm going to stick with... I would love to see her perform in the most intimate way possible, but I probably wouldn't say much to her because I would just... I would, I would beat myself up over it for like ever because I'd be like, oh, I sounded so stupid or I should have said this or I should have said that. So I should just probably not do it at all.
0: I love that. I mean, I think that's something special there. Like you almost love her too much where it'd be so overwhelming that you'd rather just kind of put your hands up and kind of sit silent. I think that's fair. What Do you feel like you would be like almost too embarrassed or would you just like you get nervous and you're like, Oh, there's nothing valuable I could say in this crazy moment that would valuable. be worth it.
1: I think I would, cause it, it would be like, what would I say that a million people haven't told her before? You know?
0: Yeah, that's fair. I think that's pretty honorable. I don't know if I could ever have that much of like a mature thought about an artist that I love that I would like, you know, take a step back and be like, you know what? you're better off not hearing from me. Cause I also get completely frozen when I meet celebrities as well. I get super nervous and I embarrass myself (laughs) time and time again. So maybe you're better off. Um, But that's great. And one last question for you before you go, what's next for Gaga? Do you have any sort of theory? Is there anything going on online? Anybody know what's happening?
1: Um, Theories online. Everyone is waiting for some sort of new music video for one of the Chromatica songs, uh, particularly Sour Candy with Blackpink, which I would love, I would really love her to give us any other music video, but I think what is next for Gaga, I hate to say, well, I don't hate to say it, it's cool because everyone can attend, but I have been seeing stuff online about her canceling the Chromatica tour and doing a digital show a la Dua Lipa Studio 54, thing where you pay like 15 to 20 dollars and you get to watch it and i do love that oh. because you're guaranteed you know to see it and experience it and it's great and you have like quote unquote front row seats but i was really hoping to get to see her live uh you know sooner rather than later because after this or after whatever she's done promoting chromatica she has a bunch of movies that she is signed on to do so i think it's going to be a while until there's more music and touring
0: Interesting. Yeah. So we're going to see a lot of movies from her. We're going to see hopefully another music video and then maybe a performance, hopefully in person, but we're thinking maybe virtual, but Hey, at least you get some content and I'm sure she'll do something amazing in person once the craziness is over. But Nathan, thank you so much for being here for having and talking me. to me. And as always, thank you so much to the audience for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show Make sure to follow us on Instagram at beyond the key podcast. And remember that there are new beyond the key episodes every Thursday. And next week we will be talking about the bleachers. So get super stoked for that. Stay safe and much love.